Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to continue to do some training and particularly focus on the information that's helpful to have in your ministry at the Abortion Center. This episode will be helpful in equipping you, so stay with us. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, we begin these podcasts by encouraging you very strongly to leave us reviews uh, and share this podcast. We think it would be a blessing. We hope it's a blessing to you. We hope it will be a blessing to you. And we don't want you to just hold that blessing in for yourself. We want you to bless other people by sharing this podcast. And we also want you to reach out to us. I would like to hear some of you guys' suggestions about future podcasts that we could do, guests that we can have on. We um, have a particular focus on ministry at the sidewalks at local abortion centers, but we also cover other topics that have to do with pro-life stuff in light of the gospel. We always want to keep things centered on the gospel because we know that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The gospel Mm -hmm. changes the human heart. And uh, so we always want to have our focus on the gospel and bringing the gospel. And I hope with this podcast, this episode, you'll, you'll hear that. But we're going to be talking about some pretty practical stuff. In our last episode, we, we kind of began a series, if you will, of training podcasts. So this is basically centered around our training that we do. And I shared in that last episode that we do a once, once a month training. So the first Saturday of every month from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time, we do a Zoom, live Zoom, where Vicki and I train. We have our training slides and we go through a training that... I think it's been well proven. We've trained hundreds of people with that training, I would mm-hmm. say at this point, and uh, pretty effective. And we thought, you know, rather than just kind of going through the slides like we do in our training, we would actually go in and break down because there's so much that's left unsaid, I think, in each slide. Yeah. And uh, it's like when we get done with the training, we're like, ah, I should have said this, should have said that, should have expounded more on this, expounded more on that. And there's just not enough time. Right. I mean, how long can a person really sit? In a Zoom meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. So it's like, well, let's let's take the platform, the podcast platform, and use that to expound on these different training slides. Some we're, we're skipping over because can't do a whole podcast. Some we're compi- combining in one episode, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of the different aspects. Um, but this, I think, is going to be pretty practical mm-hmm. uh, where we're talking about preparation. Yeah. Preparation with information. So the information that you need to be prepared to go out to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And we're going to break that down, the different aspects. We have a, cur- uh, a couple of key points that we're going to touch on. What are, what's some of the information that you need to have going out to the sidewalks? Uh, but I want to address something, and I, and I hear this from people, and I, and I get it. Like, I understand this dynamic. But folks who've been out on the sidewalk for a long time, I see it on Facebook and hear just kind of this idea, just show up. Right. And I get it. And understand that, like, we do need to just show up. And there's a certain sense in when you just show up and make yourself available, God will use you. Right. You know, those, those two promises that we always make, God will use you to save babies and you're going to grow spiritually, no right, doubt about it. Right. And the Holy Spirit will, that, that's the other part of it. They say, just show up and the Holy Spirit will take over. Yeah. Which is true to a degree. Yeah, Absolutely. But, to a degree, I mean, Jesus says, 
when talking about when persecution breaks out and you're brought mm-hmm. before judges, don't prepare what you should say ahead of time because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will give you what to say in the moment. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely that dynamic. And we always encourage people, lean on the Holy Spirit. We need, I can give you practical stuff. I can get in depth mm-hmm. with some things that you can say and what you can't say out on the sidewalk, what's effective and what's not, right? Ultimately, though, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he knows what's going on in that woman's life. He knows what will be the thing that needs to be said to speak into her situation. So, yes, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need to just show up. But listen, guys, we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a battle between light and darkness, between life and death. Babies' lives weigh in the balance. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it in a natural battle, I mean, what if the army just took an attitude of, just show up. Just show up on the battlefield and we'll win. Because it does say God will fight our battles. It does. Okay, well, let him. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need exactly. swords, so guns, whatever. Let's just show up. Yeah, And I, I don't mean to, to mock that because I, what's behind that, I think, is a good motivation. Yes. Like, we just need to show up. The reality is so many Christians don't show up. Right. And, and one of the reasons why people don't show up is because sometimes they feel stifled by their lack of preparedness. Right. Right. So, yeah. so there's this balance. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you need to be prepared, but you're never going to be prepared for everything and every situation. The way to be prepared, first and foremost, is to be deep in your relationship with the Lord. Right. That's the first preparation. But practically, you do need to be prepared. I mean, we even talk down to the, the very fact that you need to have good shoes on, right? right? You need to have good shoes on. because We've if learned you're, the hard way. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be on a concrete sidewalk for yeah. three to four hours, right. you need to have good shoes. Right. That takes a little bit of preparation. Yeah. You show up with, you know, thin-soled flip-flops and you're standing on the sidewalk for three, yeah. three, four hours, you're going to be miserable and you're not, not going to be focused on why you're there. Right. So right. preparation's important, but preparation and just having the right kind of shoes is not going to make you effective in the battle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So but God got, does talk about prep, preparation also. Yeah. You know, you brought out, out some verses where he says, don't prepare your words just trust that god will will speak through you but there is also like the parable of the ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom that's in uh matthew 25 verses 1 through 1 through 15 so should i read that um yeah okay so uh again matthew 25 1 1 to 15 the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five were wise for when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. In other words, they were not prepared, mm-hmm. right? Didn't bring their oil. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour. Yeah. Now, this is not just preparation, obviously, sure. for something like, like uh, you know, going in front of an abortion center. It's being prepared for the coming of the Lord, which is the more important preparation. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the principle is, is very similar sure. in both cases. Yeah. You're fighting a battle. There is, there is a reward, a big reward, but you must be prepared yeah. or 
the opportunity when it presents itself may pass you by because you have not prepared. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, um, I'll just give a practical example. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. If it's going to rain, know the weather, be prepared with an umbrella because if you're out there on the sidewalk, let's say you're supposed to get out there at nine o'clock and on the way there, you're you're driving and the rain starts pouring down and you've got to stop at Walmart and get an umbrella because you didn't grab one from the house. Right. Um, and you get there 30 minutes late. You've missed 30 minutes. And for a lot of abortion centers, especially here, that first 30 minutes is one of the most crucial time periods in the day because that's when the people are coming in. That's right. And yeah. uh, that's it's a little bit easier to talk to them then because it's kind of there's less pro-abortion people out there early and stuff like that. Right. So just practically um, being prepared is really helpful. You know, if you got to run to the store to grab yourself some bottles of water because it's a hot day, Yeah. you've had to leave the sidewalk for a little bit. And otherwise, you could have been out there well-equipped with, with water <laughs> and uh, the provision that you need for out there, and you won't get taken from the sidewalk. So anyway, it's just practical things mm-hmm. in being prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's high tension, crisis. Uh, this is this is it. It happens sometimes. The things that you need to be prepared for are in moments of of great conflict, and those are the times when, if we're not prepared, we tend to falter. You know, it's in crisis when we we'll lose our train of thought or whatever. Or so having the things you need. The in in this case, the things we're going to be talking about are what information do you need to be prepared with to really kind of have at your fingertips to know. Yeah. So that in this high crisis, high tension situation, when you're actually doing battle, you're ready. You've got you've got it at the right time. And like going back to that parable, when the bridegroom shows up. You're there yeah. with all the things you need to enter into the wedding banquet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go through some of these key points. Again, mm-hmm. this is preparation with information. Right. We're going to talk more about the practical stuff maybe in a future episode. Right. But this is yeah. information. What information do you need to have? Do you need to know, have it in your head, but maybe even have it on paper mm-hmm. so that you can go over it and rehearse it? Mm-hmm. What's some of that information? So mm-hmm. the first point is... Uh, know the facts about abortion. Right. You would not believe how many people come out, brand new volunteers to the sidewalk, that really don't know just practical explanations for what an abortion is. I mean, I've heard people give, I guess maybe heard it from somebody that heard it from somebody, explanations of an abortion. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that that's actually not accurate. Mm-hmm. And so we do want to make sure that the information that we're um, trying to communicate to women going to the abortion center is accurate. Yeah. You know, something I want to throw in there before you talk about this key fact is when I was doing research for an article, which does accompany, like, as usual, um, this podcast, um, the way that I I wanted to get as factual information as I could about um, abortion. And so I went to a Planned Parenthood site. And I want to tell you, the way it's worded on the article is very different from the way Planned Parenthood words it. So even just knowing what they're being told, very different from the reality of what happens yeah. in, in an abortion. For example, it says that, that um, 
when it describes the scraping out of the uterus following the um, the sucking out of the baby, um, it said a gentle uh, circular tool is used to scrape out the contents. And yeah. the, you know, that's not even close to a true description of what happens yeah. in the abortion. Yeah. And so to know what a true description is, yes, is uh, I mean, it's graphic enough. So just right. again, we don't want to make it more graphic than it already is. So, you know, saying that they're going to reach a pair of pliers up into your uterus and pull your baby apart. I mean, that's kind of what's happening, but it'd be better if we said forceps. Okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. It'd be better if we talked about they're going to use a curette. That's what it yeah. is. that actually right. will scrape the baby into pieces and scrape out the yeah. lining of the uterus. Yeah. That's what happens in a surgical abortion, a very, very early surgical abortion. Yeah. So knowing what a surgical abortion entails, mm-hmm. knowing... You know, how to describe that to a mother that's going into the abortion center. Again, not just to be overly graphic, because we don't want to just be overly graphic and gross them out. But we do want them to be shocked at what they're actually subjecting themselves and their babies to. Yeah. So we can't do that unless we know about abortion procedures. Right. And how do you get this information? I think we're always going to say this. Google it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, people ask me. How do you get this information? How do you get that? How do you? How did you find out this? How do you? I just googled it. Yeah, and balance it, it as you're googling. I think just add that, um, yeah. like like what I did. I I knew I was going to be reading a very biased account when I read Planned Parenthood's description of what happens. Sure. Um, so you balance it with a um, uh, maybe a pro life yeah. description of, yeah. of what happens. I think live action. Mm-hmm. Probably has mm-hmm. the best resource on this. They've mm-hmm. even got videos. They're not like graphic videos mm-hmm. as far as you know, overly um, violent looking. Right. They're just kind of, I guess, cartoon depictions almost yeah. of abortion procedures. But it's really helpful. It really shows you what's happening. And they've got a former abortionist describing the procedures. Right. Yeah. So that's helpful. Yeah. And, you know, it's accurate medical information. So gathering that information is very important. I'm going to talk real quick because there is um, really two different, I guess, categories of abortions that take place at abortion centers. Yeah. And a lot of folks, and I think we've mentioned this before. We actually had my wife on months and months ago Mm -hmm. talking about the abortion pill because she's actually a nurse that does the abortion pill reversals for this area. And she described the abortion pill procedure. A lot of folks, though, conflate the abortion pill and the morning after pill. Right. And if you don't know the difference... You, you ought to if you're going to an abortion mm-hmm. center. There's a big difference between the morning after pill and the abortion pill. Simply put, the morning after pill is like a bunch of birth control. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to cause an abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we talked about that maybe a little bit in the birth control episode that we right. did, yeah. um, where birth control and the morning after pill can be abortive. It can be mm-hmm. abortifacient, but it's not always. The abortion pill, on the other hand, the abortion pill procedure, I will say, is always abortive. Like, that's the goal, right? right? And and also, speaking in those terms, that it's not just an abortion pill. It's actually an abortion pill procedure. Right. There's two medications that are involved. Mm-hmm. So digging into that, and I think Planned Parenthood has a decently accurate description, obviously not using the term baby and things like that, of the abortion pill. It's been a while since I read their description. Um, but it, it, it's not accurate in the sense that the risks that are involved, because there's some risks that are involved. So even understanding not just the procedures, but the risks that are involved in the procedures is really helpful. Yeah. And um, 
so digging into this, and I'll just describe real quick. This is how I could describe it to a mother going into the abortion center if I have a one-on-one conversation with her. Or I've had a lot of one-on-one conversations with dads, and I'll ask them, do you know if she's having the abortion pill or if she's doing a surgical abortion? And then if they tell me, well, she's, she's going to do the pill, a lot of times they have in their minds, by the way, that they're going to do the abortion pill, and that somehow sanitizes it. Right. Makes it less of an abortion. Right. You know, it's like an induced miscarriage. Well, an induced miscarriage is an abortion. Mm-hmm. So if I if I get a dad that I'm talking to or a mom that I'm talking to going into the abortion center and I ask them about this and they say they're going to take the abortion pill, I'll ask them, do you know what happens in the abortion pill procedure? Like, did they explain to you how that how that's going to work? And I begin to explain to them, and I believe that Dr. Na- Doctor is it Anthony Leventino? Is he the doctor? Oh, right, he's the one that 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 talks about that that you were describing. Yeah, yeah I yes. believe he actually breaks this down. But right. um, this is the way I describe it to a to a mother. I said, I'll say you're going to go in there. You're going to get an ultrasound. They're going to find out how far along you are, and if you're before ten weeks, if you're ten weeks or before, they're going to offer you the abortion pill because they mm-hmm. only do the abortion pill up to ten weeks. In that moment, I'll be describing the baby. You know, your baby's heart's already been beating for several weeks. If you're ten weeks along. Your baby has arms, legs, fingers, and toes. It's a human being. Right. And I'll even show them a depiction of a baby at 10 weeks if I can. You know, I've got a yeah. brochure that will show them that. And I'll, I'll describe to them, they're going to give you a medication inside of there called Mifepristone mm-hmm. or Mifeprex. That's the brand name. You're going to take that medication inside and they're, they're going to send you home with Misopristol, which is Cytotec. It's a labor-inducing drug. That first medication is going to kill your baby. It's going to shut off the blood, oxygen, and nutrients that your baby needs to stay alive. Right. Your baby's going to detach from the uterine wall, and that's ultimately going to starve your baby to death. Right. And then that second medication they give you to take at home is going to put you into labor, mm-hmm. and you're going to deliver your dead child at home into mm-hmm. the toilet, the bathtub, on the bathroom floor, whatever. Right. Right. Um, and that's the abortion pill procedure. Yeah. Does that sound like just popping a pill and taking care of a problem? Right. I mean, it doesn't to yeah. me, does it to you? Yeah, mean? no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, and there's, there's some, if if you've seen the movie Unplanned, yeah. uh, which a lot of people have, the they do show a scene of a woman in the aftermath of the pill abortion and in the aftermath of the surgical abortion or during the surgical abortion. And yeah. um, and I think it's, that's pretty accurate. It It's, it's. Gruesome. Yeah. Um, it's it is not just the gentle cramping that's described in um in like the uh the Planned Parenthood yeah. thing. It's it's you're passing huge clots and you're also passing a child. Yeah. And you will sometimes see that baby. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. I can't a imagine. mom who thinks that she's been told that her baby's just a blob of tissue or a clump right. of cells. Right. And she's been told by the abortion center, by Planned Parenthood or Preferred Women's Health Center or whatever, that she's going to pass some some clots mm-hmm. and some tissue. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some tissue. Yeah. And she's led to believe that her baby's again, just a blob of tissue, not really recognizable as a human being. But then she completes this procedure and she looks in the toilet and she sees her baby. I mean, at nine weeks, yeah, it's very small. It's like maybe the size of a grape. Right. But still... Very recognizable as a human being. It's right? got it's got everything in place. All its limbs, all fingers and toes, um, yeah. eyes, nose, mouth. I mean, Be- talk about beating deception. heart. I, and I'm not sure if sometimes the baby is still alive yeah. when when it comes out. I have heard reports, and I've seen things on YouTube of yeah. of you can still see the beating heart. Yeah, I, can you imagine uh, what that does? 
to yeah. someone psychologically yeah. to see oh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be devastating. Yeah. You come face to face with the reality of what you've done. Right. It's like, and, and there's no going back on it. Yeah. Right? There's no undoing it. Yeah. And you were told by the people that supposedly could be trusted, you know, yeah. the medical facility, that it's not a baby, and yet you see that it's recognizably it's a right. baby. Right. I mean, that's got to be devastating. It's got to be unnerving. It's got to be, I mean, I think it would, would anger some of yeah. these ladies. Yeah. And again, if you guys have seen um, Unplanned, yeah. and that description, that depiction of a, an abortion pill procedure, that's that's accurate. My wife, again, yeah. she's a nurse. She's dealt with women who've gone through with the abortion pill procedure. Mm-hmm. She's tried to help them reverse it. Uh, unfortunately, some weren't successful, and she's had to deal with these women who are bleeding. Yeah. And pretty, I mean. Massively. Uh, massive, yeah. Even the Planned Parenthood site said lemon size clots. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. And also, I not too long ago, maybe a couple, actually a couple of years ago, I got a hold of the, the paperwork that they give them coming out of the abortion uh, center after they've taken the abortion pill. Yeah. And it's got like the warnings from the National Abortion Federation mm-hmm. where it talks about the the you know, side effects and, and things from the abortion pill. And one of those side effects is one out of 500 women that go through with the abortion pill procedure will bleed so much that they require a blood transfusion. That's pretty significant. That's pretty significant. Yeah. One out of 500. Yeah. Now, these are women who think that they're going to come, just have a procedure done, go on with their life. Some of them there to hide the fact that they're killing their baby through abortion or hide the fact that they're pregnant. Right. They're going to end up in the hospital requiring a blood transfusion. That whole dynamic of be careful your sin will find you out is a dynamic that these women need to be cued in on. And so if I know that information and I can share that with a mother, and again, I'm not doing it in some condemning, judgmental way, but I'm doing it in a forthright and medically accurate way and yeah. conveying to her, listen, you might be here to have an abortion so that no one finds out you're pregnant. What happens if you're one of those one out of 500 yeah. that end up in the hospital? Yeah. And your parents who you didn't want to tell that you were pregnant or that you were having an abortion are going to have to come visit you in the hospital. Somebody's going to have to tend to your needs there in the hospital, right? Somebody's right. going to have to come pick you up from the hospital. So knowing that I think is, is very helpful, knowing the side effects of these abortion procedures and knowing, again, how to describe these abortion procedures right. so that you can help hearts turn away from it. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. It's one thing to say abortion is horrific. It's another to say what we just said and where the, that picture has been painted yeah. for them. We're not lying and we're not we're not um, sensationalizing it. Right. We're just telling the facts. Yeah. This is what happens. Now, mm-hmm. I will use the terms when I'm describing to a mother the abortion procedures I'm not going to use the the term like fetus or pregnancy, things mm-hmm. like that. Like right. you're going to pass your pregnancy or, right. you know, yeah. whatever. No, I'm going to use the term baby Yep, because that's what it is. Yep. And these women know it. Yep. They're not deceived in the fact that like, when they saw the two lines on the pregnancy test, they didn't think, oh, I got a blob of tissue. No, right. I'm having a baby. They recognize that. So I'm going right. to talk to them on those terms. And uh, we, we do that in our literature, the literature that we hand out. It mm-hmm. describes these abortion procedures. And uh, it uses the term baby. You might use the term fetus in a couple of places because that's an accurate term. Right. Fetus just means little one. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I'm describing those procedures, I, I use the terminology that they can relate to instead of trying to get too like medical and lofty. Right. You know, 
And right. uh, but, but Planned Parenthood says product of conception yeah, a of lot, course. Yeah. or contents of the uterus. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's how they present it, so that people can distance themselves from the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I will mention as I'm talking about the abortion pill and the abortion pill procedure, mm-hmm. or uh, that I mentioned earlier, but I'll be intentional is I will mention the uh, the names of the medications. Yeah, yeah. Mifepristone, Misoprostol. Yeah. These are like what these medications are called, and it makes you seem like you know what you're talking about, and you right. do know what you're talking yeah. about. I can never remember, though. Yeah. I, I should write them on my hand. <laughs> well, I'm a Southern boy, okay. and so I probably am not pronouncing them exactly right. This is how I've heard them pronounced okay. uh, before. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you can maybe get more technical with it. Uh, but it is helpful to know the names of the medication. Listen, mm-hmm. half the, uh, the people that work inside the abortion clinic have no clue. Right. They couldn't describe to you what an abortion pill procedure entails. Yeah. They don't know themselves. These are the people yeah. involved in the procedures. Right. Um, so anyway, if you're informed, you you put yourself in a in a good position to inform others. Right. Yeah. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Ephesians mm-hmm. five eleven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we expose the unfruitful works of darkness? We do it with the truth. Yeah. That's the truth of God's word, but also. This is medical facts. Yeah. These, these these facts can help expose the unfruitful work of darkness that abortion is. Yeah, this is a way to respond. I've heard it so frequently today. I heard it, and I heard it yesterday counseling someone. Um, so many times I've heard them say, um, take God out of the equation. Now, my first sentence to them is, you can't yeah, take God out of, of the equation. But if you could, look at what happens yeah. in an abortion. Does that sound like something that a civilized society should do to a vulnerable human being. Yeah. But anyway, so pills not even I mean they're all they're all horrific. But sure. surgical, describe a surgical. That's Yeah, so early in my surgical opinion abortion. much more horrific. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the the surgical now here and we I've actually found this out pretty pretty uh, across the board nationally that Planned Parenthood and the other abortion centers actually push surgical abortions more than they do medical abortions. Mm. And they do that because it's kind of a one and done thing. Right. Like especially early yeah. surgical abortion, which typically is called a, a suction aspiration abortion, mm-hmm. um, and even equated to like a DNC dilation right. and curatage. Yeah. Um, and, and DNC typically would be applied to somebody who's miscarried and the contents of the uterus. You right. Know, the child that's already died. Yeah. Would actually be removed. Yeah. Um, but a DNC is just again, it's a dilation and curatage. So. Right. Right. Suction is involved in that a lot of times, yeah. and a curette's involved in scraping the lining of the uterus. But an early surgical abortion, typically called a suction aspiration of abortion or a vacuum aspiration abortion, is in essence where they take a suction machine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, I think they say 29 times stronger than a household vacuum. It's so supposed it's to be really very suction. powerful suction. Imagine, um, and this is how I describe it to the women going into the abortion center, because most people can relate to this. But, you know, when you go to the dentist... And they mm-hmm. spray the water in your mouth and they go to, you know, the right. suction thing. Yeah. It's, oh, it's like it. that. Yeah, they, <laughs> It always sucks my tongue out. <laughs> yeah, they're sucking your spit. <laughs> right. it's, it's actually a, a very similar device. Right. It's a tube mm-hmm. with a hole in the end of it mm-hmm. that will be inserted into um, the uterus. Mm-hmm. And actually the baby will be sucked into pieces. So the right. uh, abortionist will move that, um, that tubing around in the uterus and it'll suck everything that it can get a hold of yeah. out. Yeah, because the baby's so fragile yeah. at, at that time that that it, the baby is literally ripped apart by the force of the suction. That's what yeah. I've read. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, the baby's in essence sucked apart, limb yeah. from limb. Yeah. 
And like you said, very delicate at that point. Yeah. And typically a suction aspiration abortion is between like five and 14 weeks or so, depending on the abortion center. Different abortion centers do things different ways. Um, but suction will still be used even in later abortions um, to help clean out the, you know, air quotes, contents of the uterus. Right. And almost always a curette will be used to right. scrape the lining of the uterus. Yeah. And then after the lining of the uterus is scraped, then more suction because they yeah. want to empty the, quote, contents of the uterus. So I, you know, I want to encourage you guys to access those videos that mm-hmm. Dr. Anthony Leventino, I think that's his name. Yeah, it's for, close. Yeah, he does it for uh, live action. <laughs> right. And I, one time, I think we may still have those on our Sidewalks for Life website. Mm-hmm. I believe um, they're on there. You guys can dig around okay. <laughs> and let me know if you find them there. One time they were there. I had them linked on the website so people can access them pretty easily. We shifted things around a little bit, so they may not still be there. Um, but either way, you can go on YouTube. You can find these. And he describes these procedures. He describes it more in detail. Again, there's um, a, a graphic depiction. And when I say graphic, I don't mean like overly violent. I just mean a visual you can see. And mm-hmm. some of our sidewalk uh, missionaries in the Bronx, I think a couple of weeks ago, actually used one of those videos to right. show to a mom going into the abortion right. center what could happen to her baby. Yeah. And of course, you know, the further you get along in the pregnancy, the more, I mean, gruesome, mm-hmm. I guess, in the description of these abortions it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing sucking a baby apart limb from limb. That's 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 graphic. That's that's a horrible thing. But when you're talking about literally grabbing a hold of pieces of a child yeah. and tearing them off. Literally, yeah. of, a, of a living child. they yeah. the, That's what I've heard described is that they grab, and it's blind. Yeah. It's not ultrasound guided in most cases. It certainly isn't here. We know it's it's blind. They go in blindly, the, the abortionist, and yeah. grabs whatever he can find and twist and wrenches that, that part of the baby off. Yeah. And that's of a living child without anesthesia. Yeah. And that typically would be in like... Uh, the 15th week of pregnancy when they're doing what's called a D&E. So early abortion would be a suction aspiration abortion right. or a DNC. Yeah. And then later on, it would be a DNA, D&E dilation and evacuation. Right. Yeah. Where they're actually going in with physical tools like forceps yeah. Yeah. and clamps and actually pulling the baby out mm-hmm. piece by mm-hmm. piece. Um, typically, depending on how big the baby is, how far along she is, typically it could be a two-day procedure where they're um, inserting what's called laminaria, which are like little seaweed, sort of like best description, maybe mini tampons, so to speak. And they're inserted into the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus. And they're let to sit there for several hours, 12 hours, 24 hours sometimes. And they expand, they expand the cervix slowly so it doesn't get torn. And then um, the second day of the procedure, the abortionist will actually remove those laminaria and then use kind of little cone devices to expand the cervix further, depending, yeah. again, how big the baby is. Yeah. And then once he gets the cervix expanded to where he thinks he can get his instruments in there, he'll begin to, to dismember the babies. Right. And these yeah. procedures, you know, you're talking uh, early surgical abortions, five to ten minutes. Yeah. It's a not later, long. Yeah. D- later D&E, like uh, I think you have in this article, ten to twenty minutes. Right. Very you know, short procedure. Yeah. Think about what's happening, though. A baby's yeah. dying in this procedure. Yeah. And it's it's horrendous. Yeah. yeah. But we can't yes. convey this information to a mom going into the abortion center unless we know it ourselves. So it's right. important for us to be informed, guys. Right. We need to be informed of these procedures, not just to gross people out, but to inform people of the darkness, again, 
Yeah. The unfruitful work of darkness that abortion actually is. Exactly. And that that then dovetails into the the second key point of information that we need to know about, uh, which is the facts about fetal development. And the reason yeah. why that's so critical, especially if following the knowledge of what happens in an abortion, is pointing out how developed these babies are yeah. and, and that you can you really can start to picture this is a little human being undergoing all of this terrible stuff. But in um, most abortions occur in the first trimester. So the first 12 weeks of, of that baby's life in the womb. And it is good to know those key facts in the first trimester because you can't memorize too much of a human development because most of us just can't remember it. But if we can remember some of those really critical milestones, it's really valuable. Yeah, Um, In most, I know in the abortion centers here, they don't do abortions prior to five weeks because at five weeks is when they can detect the beating heart and they have to detect the beating heart before they kill the baby. They have to know the baby's alive before they kill the baby. So really knowing what happens between five to 12 weeks. And some of the key things are the heart is beating as early as 17 days. I've even read research that now believes 16 days after conception, but most people will readily agree 18 to 21 days. So if that mother has missed her period, that baby's heart is already beating. So that's a pretty key uh, milestone to mention. The next one is at six weeks, a baby has detectable brainwaves. Six weeks after conception, detectable brainwaves. Um, another key point is at eight weeks, every organ in place, uh, because that little baby is so much more developed than they understand. Yeah. Also by eight weeks, um, between five to eight weeks, that child already has arms, legs, head, spine, brain, um, beginning toe and finger buds. And then eight to nine weeks is when the toes and fingers have developed. And at nine weeks, that baby has unique little fingerprints. And I think that's a really key milestone because I will then use that to springboard into a discussion about God, because I've always wondered why, even as an atheist, why unique fingerprints? Why bother? And if we're all evolved, then would we have unique fingerprints or wouldn't they all be the same? But anyway, to me, it just speaks so powerfully, um, our fingerprints, that we are uniquely marked by God as being valuable and special. Us, me, um, that little baby, every individual is uniquely special before God. Yeah. So those are all great um Facts about fetal development that are fairly easy to memorize, and there is a great uh, application for your phone that's free called C-Baby, S-E-E-Baby, which is not a pro-life app. It's a secular, science-based informational series of videos and facts about what happens in um, in that first 40 weeks of life, and it's really good to show moms that. Yeah. So a, a third important area of information to know is what are some key Bible verses? Have them memorized, have them written down, have them ready to present to the moms um, because we're a gospel-focused ministry and we all know hearts are not going to change till uh, till the gospel is introduced. Yeah. You've, you've got to know why life is of value and ultimately the gospel is, is the, the reason. 
Yeah. And and so some of um, we've mentioned so many times. So I won't go into detail about all of these. Um, yeah, well, these I mean, verses. I would say Google it. Google, Google pro life verses. Yeah. Uh, but some of the ones, real quick though, Jeremiah one five. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There's God telling Jeremiah he knew him and he formed him. Right. Uh, Genesis one twenty seven. God created man in His own image. Yeah. Uh, That's what gives all this value. Absolutely critical verse to know. Psalm 127, verse 3, children are a blessing from the Lord. The Mm -hmm. fruit of the womb is his reward. Mm -hmm. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 is what I use. And you go, you have in this article all the the way to verse uh, 16. The whole of Psalm 139 is is powerful. Yeah. The the knowledge of God before we're even born. I call it the love love letter from God to the unborn is Psalm 139. Yeah. And if you don't know Psalm 139, like, are you even a Christian? Right, you probably know, not. Are you even Couldn't a pro-life be. Christian at all? You should know that. <laughs> but no, you, you should have that memorized too. Right. At least have yeah. it written down. You you yeah. write verses down. You have them on little index cards. I do. That you use. Yeah, and I've got them with me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important. Like we need to know the Word of God. Dig into this subject. Listen, this is this podcast is not just for us to give you information. Right. This is for us to strongly encourage you to dig for this information yourself. You know, if you dig for the information for yourself. It gets solidified in your heart. Right. It's like when somebody, when you when you study a particular subject in the scripture, doesn't it stick in your heart more than when somebody just preaches it to you? And both aspects are important. Mm-hmm. But when you mm-hmm. dig into it yourself, it sticks with you. Yeah. But, or you have come up against a crisis and you have scoured the scriptures for help in that crisis, then you you never forget it. Those yeah. are the scripture that had become my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And so the next key point here is um, information, as far as information that you would gather in preparation for going out to the abortion center or as you're ministering at the abortion center. We're not just saying you have to have all this together before you go out, but this is information that you need to be digging for as you're going out. Right. Um, So fourthly, have information about abortion clinics and providers. Mm -hmm. The local abortion centers and the local abortion providers for the city that you're in, you should know the best you can who they are. Mm-hmm. If you can find out who the abortionist is, you can help a mother to choose life for her baby by sharing with her the track record of the abortionist. Because it's usually not good. It's usually not good. Right. Almost no one aspires to be an abortionist when right. they go to medical school. Right. They typically have different citations on their medical license, problems. I mean, I think we've shared with you guys before several times about Dr. Ron Vermani, one of the abortionists here in Charlotte, who was arrested for rape, Yeah. who has a... Um, had to surrender his medical license because of sexual misconduct with one of his patients. Yeah. Uh, he's got kicked out of Presbyterian hospital here, the local hospital can't practice at the local hospitals. This is important stuff to know as best you can. This is hard to find in, in some abortion centers. I know Planned Parenthood is pretty protective of this information. Yeah. They don't give out the names. So you got to dig for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is information we want you guys to dig for. We'll give you a couple of resources and mm-hmm. we do that in the online training that we do. Checkmyclinic.org. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, that that shows the track record normally of the abortion clinics themselves mm-hmm. and uh, maybe some information about the abortionists, yeah. the abortion doctors that are there. Yeah, Abortiondocs.org is another important resource. They've got more information right. about the abortionist right. and uh, the different abortion clinics, the different times that these abortion clinics have been shut down yeah. or when ambulances visited that clinic and yeah. things like that. Yeah. 
Um, so, so dig for that information there. Yeah. You know, another thing that I didn't know was on Check My Clinic, but when I wrote this article, I saw it, is they have the facts for each state. What are the abortion laws in that state? And that's important information oh, yeah. for you to absolutely. know. And you can find – so you can find all that on yeah. checkmyclinic.org. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe have yourself a bullet-pointed sheet. That's what we do mm-hmm. here locally. We right. have a bullet-pointed sheet for each abortion clinic. And it's just a one-page deal, and it's more for our use right. than it is to share with the mothers going into the abortion center. And it just kind of shows us. And when we're on the microphone conveying yeah. this information, we, yeah. we talk about it. One-on-one, we're talking about it. Um, and so, yeah, just different bullet points about the abortion center. And then at the bottom of that sheet, the different bullet points about the abortionists that are there. So yeah. we can share with them, yeah. depending on who the abortionist is, hey, here's what their track record is. And ultimately, you are you are working to show them you are putting your trust, young ladies, in some in places and people and a whole industry that you should not trust. Yeah. So uh, our our last local res our last key point is learning about the be familiar with local resources and again google i mean yep. that's the easiest way to say is google google housing google child care uh google maternity homes so um it's going to be unique to yep. to where wherever you are but it is important to try and find out and have maybe a list of things yep. that you can present to the moms because the what they want more than anything we've heard from so many is help yep. tangible help yeah, and that's in yeah. line with the three talking points that we touch on. Right. You know, what God says about this, and mostly these key points have have centered around that. What God says about this, what God mm-hmm. says about the baby, about the mother, mm-hmm. right. about abortion, yeah. um, the humanity of the baby. And involved with the humanity of the baby, I think describing the abortion procedures is kind of involved under that same topic. It because, sure is. Yeah, yeah, because you're describing the graphic nature of a procedure based on the way that child is developed. Right. And so that's really talking about the humanity of the baby and then the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't offer resources that you don't know about. Right. And so digging for those resources and just thinking in your mind, if you're a young mother, you're scared and you're pregnant, what are some of the things you'd be concerned about? Yeah. You'd be concerned about, I mean, your parents, right? You'd be concerned about telling your parents. Maybe there's a local counseling resource for yeah. young unmed, uh, unwed mothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff out there. You'd be concerned about items for the baby. Maybe right. there's a local ministry that provides free baby items. Yeah, um, yeah. You'd be concerned. Pregnancy Resource Centers, I didn't mention that. Yeah, and they absolutely. do provide all, all those things and resources. Oftentimes, they've yeah. already developed them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say above and beyond any resource that you find, like what you just mentioned, Yeah. making a connection with your local Pregnancy Resource Center Right. Is vital. It is. Like do everything you can to build a good relationship with the local pregnancy resource center. Yeah. And likely they'll have stuff in place that kind of already has this information gathered. They'll certainly right. have fetal mm-hmm. development information, mm-hmm. maybe pamphlets that they can give you that mm-hmm. can help you be informed about these things. They'll probably have things about abortion procedures and describing mm-hmm. those that they give to the mothers that come in their doors that can help you out. Yeah. Um, they'll likely, again, have a list of resources beyond their own um, uh, ministry, housing, you know, doctors that see these women free of charge, other things like that. Right. And uh, and it's just good practice to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. Because if you're standing there in front of the abortion center, it's good to be able to point these moms in another direction to say, don't go in there. Go in this place. Which has free ultrasound, free pregnancy yeah. tests. It does everything except kill the baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that was uh, all we wanted to cover 
under this topic. And uh, we hope that it was a blessing to you guys. We hope that we helped equip you guys in preparing to have um, the right information out in front of the abortion center. And so we do want to strongly encourage you. I mean, we want you to reach out to us, give us suggestions for podcasts. But as far as reaching out to us, trying to gather this information, I think we've equipped you guys enough. We want you to go on Google. Check out Dr. Google, and he'll give you all kinds of information. And like I said, I want you guys to make this your own. If I give you all the information, if I dig and find the information about your abortion center, dig and find the information about the abortionist and his track record, I mean, I don't have the time for all of that, for everybody, to do that for everybody. Um, but anyway, I don't think you would take ownership of it as much as if you were to dig for it yourself mm-hmm. and yourself be horrified like we have been right. as we've dug into the the track record of some of these abortions. We're like, I can't believe. Yeah. I mean, I can believe, but I can't believe. Why is he still allowed to practice yeah. medicine? Well, it's not medicine, but um, why is he allowed to touch, come anywhere near a patient? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So we want to encourage you guys to dig for this information, have this information in, in one spot. If you've got folks that you're ministering, with alongside you share this information with them and uh listen this is helpful this is equipping um and we hope the next couple of episodes are going to be helpful and equipping for you guys mm-hmm. so um as always you can reach out to me daniel at lovelife.org you can reach out to her vicky at lovelife.org and let us know if you have suggestions for other podcasts maybe you need some clarification on something we've covered in a in this podcast or in a previous podcast and we'd love to hear from you Uh, But until next time, God bless.